0: Okay, let's do this.
1: What's up? What's up? Welcome to the Mind and My Creative Business Podcast. My name is Shy Speaks,
0: and I am Ron Ironically Junior. And today we have a guest with us. We have Miss Lorraine Kamisha, who is a serial. Creative um, She has several businesses, one being a, uh, a writing business for college students. She also monetizes her content creation on social media, IG, Instagram things like that. Um and she is a business coach. She is uh formerly one of my business coaches, actually my first uh business coach. So, um that's how I would introduce you Miss Lorraine Kamisha, but I want for you to be able to introduce yourself. How would you introduce Lorraine Kamisha to the world?
2: Well, thank you, Ron. I am Lorraine Kamisha, and I am actually a viral marketing strategist. So I teach up-and-coming content creators how to monetize their following so that they can make more money on social media. So I don't believe in just you know posting just a post. We post them for a purpose, and that purpose is to pay our bills.
0: Yes, yes, I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, okay, so you said Steve, you a, a viral strategist. Say it again. A viral.
2: Marketing
0: strategist a viral marketing strategist, right? Okay. So those people who are content creators, right? You're showing them how to okay how to monetize this right we're not right. just doing it because once again We know it's called social media, right? right. We use it socially okay. but, <laughs> but We know that these platforms are not social platforms these platforms are marketing platforms, right? So, exactly. Right, so you're showing them how to do that. Okay, cool so So, our show, like I said, we're like the number one um, podcast for creative entrepreneurs, right? So, we we talk about strategy, structure, and self development. So, I see you as a creative preneur, right? Based on just me me knowing you a little bit, um, hearing your story. Um, Do you see yourself as a creative preneur,
2: though? It took a while. And, you know, before I started with the content creating, I was just, you know, in my business, like most entrepreneurs are they're doing all the things they're you know sometimes doing the work like when I started the writing business I was actually writing so yeah that is you know a creative preneur doing the writing Um, but then as I grew and I learned that I had to start delegating and automating things That, you know, at the end of the day, my job was to drive sales and one of the best ways to drive sales online is through content creation. So that's kind of just where I fell. So for the most part in my businesses, I'm the one who's pretty much the creative director as far as the content is concerned. Um, I am head of sales. I do employ teams at this point, Um, but that's just where my my. I guess, expertise lot. I just kind of ended up here and I do enjoy it. So I'm glad I'm blessed to have ended up in this position, I will say.
0: Right. So so when we're talking about that whole content creation piece and you just mentioned that you enjoy it, I know a lot of people, even even people that are creatives that hate that side, like when like, when to come to the social media piece, like I can't I can't stand it. I do it, but I don't like it. So do you think that's the creative in you that enjoys the content creation piece?
2: Um, actually, I think it's the scientist in me that enjoys the content piece, um, because for me, it's like math and numbers. Hmm. So for some reason I can look at content or I can look at what's trending or what's going viral and I can immediately like take that pattern out and apply it to something else. So that for me, it's, it's, it's a mathematical thing. It's not as creative. With the viral pieces, of course I got to do the content. And I got to make the video. I got to bring the vibes and all that stuff. So that's the creative piece, but the actual, like how am I going to propel this content forward is like a scientific thing for me.
0: Hmm. Not okay. That's, you just, you just sparked something in me. So yeah. let's, let's talk about that piece. Cause you said, okay, it's not necessarily an art. Not, and you didn't say that, but this is what I'm surmising. Right. But there's a science to this. Right. So talk about that science piece. Like, okay, you said it's, it's numbers and it's science. What does that exactly look like?
2: Um, You got to be able to just look at the analytics and tell what's trending and and it's, So crazy because it's a perfect meld of my personality. Because, you know, on one hand, I went to school on a a music scholarship. And then on the other hand, I'm a doctor of pharmacy. So, you know, the chemistry and then the music and then, you know, the biology and then the scale, you know, so it's always been this duality for me. So it's the content creation piece. It's just being able to take a look at those analytics, connect what the math says, you know, the deltas. Well, you know, what's the change over time? You know, what, what time factors go into, you know, the views and, and the followers. And, you know, if I do this type of content, what is going to give me the biggest return? Um, being able to break that down and, and being able to not do, you know, based on luck or create based on luck, but create based on, okay, I know that if I do this, this, and this, I should get this in return.
1: Wow. Wow. So is it what you said that you added that on there? You said she didn't say it's not art. She just said she said there's a science as well. And that's why when you go to school, you get a degree a Bachelor of Art and Science. It's an right. art and science combined. And as you just said that, I heard you talk about wow, art and science, like that is and all of that goes together. And and I think that from what I see, artists or creatives or whichever word you want to lean into at this moment, mm-hmm. those who have some type of ability to tap into that other side mm. is th- that's where we see the most success. That's what I'm, that's what I'm listening. So saying that to say, now, listen, if you're just a pure, or you're watching this and you're just a pure writer, I like, I didn't have another de- de- degree option, but just being able to lean in to that mm-hmm. science side as not as much as that art side could totally make the difference. Yeah.
2: Right. And it's something that has always been like the case for me. Like, I grew up in that environment. My dad was an artist, he painted. He did ceramics and woodwork. And my mom was the pharmacist. I'm a second gen pharmacist. She was, you know, the the scientist. She was the one who brought it all together and was like, hey, let's, you know, market this and let's sell this and let's, you know, apply, you know, those things to the business part of it. So I think that, you know, all creatives need that side. I remember talking about this with Ron, you know, a long time ago. I'm like, look, you know, sometimes. The creative just wants to show up as the creative, but it takes that other side in order to make a business out of that so it can sustain yourself. And when I was in, you know, music, what's one of the things I found out real fast is that when I had to do music in order to sustain myself, I was like, eh, not really my thing. But, you know, I've landed in the correct position, I would say.
0: Yeah. no, I And I can relate to that, right? Where it's like, for me music I I love doing it. I'm very passionate about doing it, but I never wanted to monetize it to where this was my sole right. mm. revenue generator. You know cuz it was like it, it just it, it for me it took away something. So it was like okay, where can I fit in to where I can utilize my gift for creating but also be able to monetize it to where I can, you know, keep this pure per se so no that's that's interesting i don't know if i knew that about you that you i i I know you you did the ph- I know you went to school for pharmacy but I didn't know that you initiated going to school for music.
2: A lot of people don't know that about <laughs> nice. I, mean, I was a band nerd like drum major of the band all that good stuff like don't talk about the
0: band. <laughs> wow
1: <laughs> wow that's really really cool okay so all right so let's go ahead and hop right in so now we know that you are already you. You are. You say it took you a while to figure out. If you the creative entrepreneur. You was always a creative entrepreneur <laughs> from the, much, from the yeah. get, You went to school to be creative and like so. Like almost you. It's almost like you saw them as two separate things, mm-hmm. and it probably took a while to learn how to blend the two. Is what you're saying?
2: Forever, I changed my major in college the first time like eight times. Like <laughs> I couldn't figure oh. out. Where I belong, because here I was, you know, good at music. I was always just naturally good at math and science. I didn't know what to do. <laughs> so wow. I'm glad that I'm, like I said, I'm glad that I'm here. It's it, it makes a big difference in your life when you can, you know, finally put your hands on your purpose.
1: Right. All right. So speaking of putting your hands on your purpose, again, we're talking about you're a writer. So you literally put your hands on things. So. Can you tell us a little bit more about this company that you created around writing?
2: Right. So um, back when I was in pharmacy school, I was off for the summer and I was struggling like I had been in sales for a very long time, completely like did a 180 and and left all that behind, left all the money and the perks and and the commission and everything behind and decided to go to pharmacy school. It was off for the summer, broke as a joke and had to make $140 to keep my kids, my twin daughters, who were like a year and some change at that time in daycare. And what I was doing is I was doing this for free. I was writing people's resumes. I was doing business plans. I was doing all these things for just, you know, free labor for for all my friends and family. And, you know, people were sending people to me and all that type of stuff. So one day I decided, you know what, I got to do something. So I decided that I was going to start charging for these resumes. Um, When I started advertising myself, uh, which is something that I've always done in the past. I've worked for advertising companies. I've worked for radio stations um, in sales. I started advertising myself and the business just kind of like took off in about a month. I was making like $1,500 a week. Um, and then I had to figure out how I was going to sustain that and go back to school. So um, that's where the company was born. At first it was just a one woman show um, because like I said, it was just a hustle. I was just trying to make a, you know, max to keep my kids in daycare and pay for gas. And then when I came with that problem, like, Hmm, how am I going to go back to school, pharmacy school, you know, full-time medical school and also keep this revenue coming in. So that's when I started hiring people. And from there, over the years, we've grown, we, we have um, probably about 30 something writers over any given period of time, depending on what the seasons look like. We have several VAs Um, I have an assistant who also has an assistant. Um, So, It just kind of blew up from there because I learned very early on that if I wanted to make the type of money that I could sustain myself on as a single mother, then I had to make sure that I knew how to delegate and what I couldn't delegate, I could then automate.
0: Wow. Wow.
1: talking my language. Delegate. I know. (laughs) All of these things are sounding really great. We're going to be talking about that a little bit more about some of the things that you did to scale, how do you actually delegate? How do you automate? So many people have so many questions about that. Like, okay, if I'm not writing it, if I want to get anything written well, I got to write it myself. That could be your philosophy. So for all the writers out there, we're going to get into how you get to the point where you're able to delegate. But Ron, I want you to lean in a little bit and inquire about the the branding behind, like yeah. this this company. So the name of the company, like, how do you get to the point, with, like you know, all of that? And I say run because Run loves that he knows out on that type of stuff. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, um, that's a great question, right? So you start out providing the service, and then you 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 realize, okay, oh great, I'm I can I'm generating revenue. Like I said, you were just trying to get 147, and you got 1500, right? Oh so head. now it's like okay. <laughs> Now I have to pull some other things in place in order for this to work. But then at what point and what, what, when did you start to say, okay, wow, I need to be able to like brand this. And actually you said you had a set, you had some sales background, so you knew, you knew sales and marketing and things like that. But at what point in time, then does that stuff come into play?
2: Honestly, um, I didn't build my first website for that business until like maybe three months or so end. Mm-hmm. And it was really just because I needed it to do something for me. And mm-hmm. I've talked to Ron about this before. Like, I don't believe in having websites that do absolutely nothing for me. It, it makes no sense. Um, but I that's when I started recognizing, okay, I've got to not only have that utility with those websites, but I also have to start being recognizable. I, I know from being in sales for a very long time that the, people use your services when they can recognize, you know, they can find you or they can recognize mm-hmm. you. Um, If you think about it right now about how, think about how many different brands of toothpaste that you can think of. If you, if you think about that, you could probably come up with like maybe four or five, if you're really observant, maybe right. like seven or eight or something like that. Mm-hmm. There's like hundreds of brands of toothpaste. Okay. I didn't want to be one. I wanted to be in that four to five. I didn't want to be in that you know hundred that nobody knew about so that's when i finally started to connect in but honestly it was such a hustle for me at the beginning i mean you got to imagine i was in school with twins Mm
1: -hmm.
2: full-time pharmacy school i mean it were the top pharmacy schools in the country mercer university you know afraid to flunk out (laughs) um you know, running this business so that I could pay the bills, you know, for myself, keep the kids in daycare, all that good stuff. So I could afford the opportunity to go to school full time. Um, so branding and stuff wasn't really at the top of my mind, but it's still mm-hmm. something that I worked on over time.
0: Right, right, right. So in regards to so you said this started off in the summertime. So you was doing this in the summertime and then you had to go back. So like so what was that? what was that strategy that you put in place is like, okay, I need to keep this going. But then what are some of those things that, okay, nope, this was the first thing I did in order for me to keep this going, to keep this revenue coming. But I wanted to keep, but I with this, I created this hustle. I wanted to keep this hustle going.
1: That's so, so good run. What was the first strategy? Right. <laughs>
2: okay. I know, people ask me this a lot and they're like, well, what did you outsource first? Or what did you think about first? And what I'll tell them is that it really doesn't matter what you outsource first. The key is that you are replacing yourself. Mm-hmm. So whatever it is that you're doing and it's taking up the most of your time, then you replace that with something else, whether it be hiring somebody or automating something. So for me at that point, because I was writing all these papers myself, like I was literally, you know, 15, 20 papers a week. And I'm not talking about 15, 20 pages. I'm talking about projects that could be eight pages or 10 pages or three or four pages. So I was sitting there on my couch really for the whole entire summer, just typing away. Um, So when I knew at that point, when I went back to school and I got to study all this stuff and learn all these drugs and figure out all this chemistry and all that stuff. I wasn't going to be able to sit on my couch all day and write those papers. So I had to hire writers. That was the, that was the first thing that I had to do. Um, then when I hired so many writers and I started expanding, I had maybe 15 writers that were all over the world. And mm-hmm. I had an American based um, customer base. OK, so that means. If you've got writers over across the globe and you've got customers over here and you're the only person that's in between them, then you're working 24 right? mm. <laughs> seven. So then I had to start outsourcing management of the writers. So I kind of built my own in-house agency that way. So I hired somebody. They take care of uh, you know the writers. They do all that communication. Um, so that was the, se- the, the second thing that I had to do. And then when I did that, I realized, whoa, wait a minute, I'm still in between all these people. So that's when I had to start automating. So in 2017, um, I spent $20,000 and spent a year of my time to work with developers with no code experience, (laughs) no nothing, uh, literally a year, um, building my automated system so that I could remove myself, again, replacing myself out of the back and forth between writers and
0: and clients wow wow (laughs) oh
1: really really cool journey i want to say this um this entire time we've talked about you being a creative writer we talked about you spending hours writing and then how your first strategy was to outsource something uh really just to kind of free up your time because you needed to because you were trying to go to school Mm -hmm. but for most creatives the need is for whatever reason you need it to, whatever it is that they need their time back for that. It sounds like you're saying strategy is, I mean, your first strategy is to outsource something because that's where it creates scale, something that's time consuming. Right. Okay. So we're talking all about this writing. We're talking about, obviously, we're not talking about how prolific you are because you're writing all this papers and resumes and all this, all this writing you're doing to help other people. What I do want to say is, We're going to get into a little bit further into like some of the systems that you put in place, some of the structure that you put in place to kind of manage all of this. Mm -hmm. But I want you to drop the name right quick before we go to pay these bills, as we say here in the podcast world, drop the name of this business that you built so people can know exactly what we're talking about.
2: Sure. There's two sites, universitywriting911.com and gradeseekers.com.
1: Those are the two. Mm, just saying right. don't go nowhere we'll be right back <laughs> what's the irony <laughs> it's because it's us in different color clothing i mean listen we've been doing a lot of talking and we want to make sure that you have an opportunity
0: to make a statement as well because we've seen people make statements with their athletic apparel we've even seen people make statements as entrepreneurs but one thing i haven't seen is somebody make a statement as a creative entrepreneur so right, right. what we've done is we have given you an opportunity to make a statement as a creative entrepreneur. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: Okay, okay. So if they want to make sure that they're rocking that preneur gear, where can they go get that?
0: You can go get that gear from whatstheirony.com. com. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay when we say we playing these bills a lot of times people think we got some kind of sponsor no you are the sponsors those of you guys who are creative entrepreneurs who are watching this who need some gear that they can rock to actually let people know that you're a creative entrepreneur yeah
0: <laughs> awesome awesome so no like you in the first half you've you've definitely let us in on a lot right um and that piece as far as the you wanted to replace yourself as the writer so that you can scale. Cause like, listen, I can't keep doing this, right? I need somebody else to do that. Now, a lot of this, I want to know like the mindset kind of behind that because the average person not going to know that they need to do that. The average person, I don't like, what, how did you come to those? I know it's like, okay, I'm going back to school, but I want to know mindset wise, what was what, what was going through your mind in order to come to that like is, is there something from the past that you knew or yeah where that come from because i wouldn't have thought of that
2: so again it's the math for me so i've always been somebody that is real focused on the numbers and and it's just natural for me but also when you've been in sales for as long as i had been by that point um, you know, you're always looking at the run rates, you're looking at the percentages, you're looking at your close rate, you're, you're looking at all that stuff. And and I guess I just came into my business with that. Okay. So, uh, and I've done this before um, on some of my lives and on some of my, um, you know, masterminds and stuff like that. But I talk about the, the difference between doing everything yourself and then outsourcing. So the math works out like this. If you have a job or um, let's say something that you can do for somebody else and you charge a hundred dollars right mm-hmm. and at capacity meaning that you cannot do any more you know for whatever reason you can only do like 20 of those a week if that is the case and you can only make two thousand dollars per week right however if you hire five additional people who can do exactly what you do and they can each do 20 of those same jobs and you charge um a hundred dollars for that job, then you're looking at what, $10,000, I believe it works out to be a week and you pay them, let's say 50% of the job, then you just took your revenue from $2,000 to $5,000 a week, and you removed yourself from having to do all that work. So for me, the math just always made sense. I needed to know that I was going to be able to pay my bills, still go to school, my kids were going to be taken care of, and that I could still you know, live a, a comfortable life. Because one thing I don't like to do is
1: struggle. <laughs> And listen, the math definitely has to has to math if you don't want to struggle. She says the math is is definitely it wasn't math, and if you're just so I'm being silly because that's what they say (laughs) out here. The math is not math, and listen, the math when you just math it really makes sense. I'm still doing 20 papers or 20 whatever it is that I'm doing. I now do I've like brought in way more people because i have these other people that are doing it as well i increased my income but i had to share the income with the people who were helping me do it but i'm making more without having to do more it doesn't matter
2: i mean one year we went viral on tiktok with my business the first video i posted on uh tiktok of my business the writing business and we went viral and at one point we made up to twenty seven thousand dollars in a week and I was writing like a check for 13,000 of that to my team. Do you think I give a damn if I got, to, if I'm making $14,000 a week and I got to write a check for 13,000 a week? I don't you can have everybody. the check. Everybody can eat. I don't care. Yeah. I was sitting, you know, taking care of my babies. I believe, no, I wasn't pregnant at that time, but you know, I was chilling with my babies. We were homeschooling. I was right. doing
0: I too. Yeah, no. And, and I heard it say that they say that 10% of a watermelon is greater than a hundred percent of a great. That's true. And, and we have to develop that mindset as entrepreneurs, to so where it's like it's okay to split the pie, especially once again if I can get a bigger pie, right? Right, I
2: would never be able to make twenty seven thousand dollars a week on my own. Back when in two thousand thirteen, when I started the business, mm-hmm. I was doing all the work. My max was probably about fifteen hundred dollars, maybe maybe about double that because my prices were a little bit different back then. You know that whole thing where you don't realize what your worth is and you undercharge and all that. Mm-hmm. Stuff. I had to go through that too. Okay, <laughs> but <laughs> once I got over that, I still wasn't going to be able to make that type of money. That it's just impossible.
1: Yeah. Wow. You know, and honestly, so Ron, you were asking about the mindset, and the mindset is really—you you talked about it being math, and I loved the simplicity of that because sometimes when we talk about mindset, we're thinking like, what do I need to tap into, and what do I need to listen? Mm-hmm. Just do the numbers. So I love that. That that's really really cool. I love it. I think. Um, okay, so oh, I have so much that I want to inquire about with with you with this business, and um, so. The first thing, Ron and I are using this terminology so that you can scale, but you really weren't trying to scale as in grow the business. You were really just trying to get your time back so that you can apply somewhere else, which is technically scaling. So (laughs) for some people that just are right there, like just get your time. Don't worry about trying to, I'm going to try to bring in all these. Just figure out how to get your time back and that will help you scale. Let's, Let's keep it simple. All right. So now we talk about, you talk about bringing on these other people. You mm-hmm. said five other people back in your case, right, with the writing company. If we bring on five other writers, what, okay, there has to be some type of structure or some type of system or something that has to be in place that allows you to then communicate to these other writers that, hey, I had you became a conduit, right? But what needs to be in place for a person or what do they need to do before they're able to even delegate something out and outsource stuff?
2: yeah i mean the communication piece has to be on point so that was probably one of the first things that i set up like what are we going to do to be able to communicate with with each other mm-hmm. especially since the majority of my team was you know based overseas or whatever like how are we going to communicate and that can bring a huge like issue it could be a huge barrier especially when you're working with people overseas number one how are you going to do it like what is going to facilitate that as far as you know is it by phone is it by text is there a platform that you're going to use but also culturally because there are cultural differences that you have to deal with when you're dealing with people who are from different countries you know be me being a woman and dealing with people you know some of Iran, Iraq, you know, Kenya, uh, India and all the other stuff, they didn't really take too kindly to me, you know, being the boss and giving them, you know, ordering them around or whatever at first. Uh, but you got to kind of get over that. So I would say that that communication was like the first system and process that I had to put in place.
0: OK, okay. <clears throat>
1: so. Go ahead, Ron. Go ahead. No, I'm
0: just gonna ask you. So, if you don't mind us asking, what specific tool do you use for communication? Because we know we know there's a plethora out there, right? Um, I know me and Shai use Slack, and there's some things like that. But what 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 tool do you do you use?
2: So I started off with Asana, which was okay. weird. <laughs> Sometimes I go and I take, you know, so I coach other business owners that are doing the same thing that I do, and, and I'm like, hey, if you want to do this here, look at it. It's a little convoluted, but it worked better than what you're doing now. Um, so, uh, but if not, I do use Slack. So we have multiple channels. We have a channel that's just for you know writers, and we also have a channel that the writers and the the customers can communicate with each other. That's for one business, and then on the other side, um, the platform that I was talking about earlier has a built-in type of communication piece.
0: Okay,
1: right. He said it, the other type has to do with the communications. What's the, what's the last thing you just said? The the platform. And where I talked about
2: building that custom platform that I had to oh, build. It, okay. it It includes um, a
1: communication piece. So um, we okay. use that there. OK, gotcha. Something custom. OK, so uh, when it comes, see, customization. All right. So this is, I like that you said that. So number one, there should be a go-to system that you can probably find that works for you. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's weird, but then you may have to like build out something custom for whatever it is your creative business is wrapped around so i like that that uh that idea and it, it's probably going to be a both and not an either or for some mm-hmm. things you can use this but for some stuff that's specific to what you have going on you guys may need something different something specific so really good advice there all right so we okay go ahead ron you got something no, got, no, no, I, it's, you. it's on you okay so okay so we use slack Slack is this way for you and the team to talk. You create channels specifically so that when we're in this channel, we're talking about this specific theme. And then, of course, um, as it relates to probably like collaborative writing or probably something like that, we have another custom piece. Um, Okay. All right. So now when you first want to, when you first decide to outsource something and you're trying to delegate, first got to get the communication piece. All right. So now how do you then like make sure you're what system are you using to like properly manage this team right so now right so just because i hired the team that doesn't mean we're managing the team well or how do we keep it going or you know keep that whole machine running i know it's communication but like is there something that somebody that that as a creative entrepreneur or as an entrepreneur do they need to implement this this right here is going to help you keep everybody going
2: Right. So if you start getting to a place where you have a large team, I encourage you to hire somebody that that you can communicate with that can communicate with the team. So Mm -hmm. this is this is something I learned as a drum major when I was in the band. I didn't if I have a 200 piece band, I can't I'm not going to individually talk to everybody. You know, Mm -hmm. at the same time, certain things okay, but things that are important. What I want to do is, I want to take the section leaders, which make what about eight of those, maybe ten at the most. Mm -hmm. Bring them in and tell them what what the plan is, and then let them go and be responsible for their own individual
0: teams. Okay, okay, no, that makes sense.
1: It does. I love it. You know, I'm I, the, the artist in me is just, I'm loving this musical, you know, because music is being used as a way right. to talk about structure, which is normally not the case with the way you paint it out. You're letting people know that we got some organization going on over here on the music side. Yeah, I'm a music artist. So, so, okay, so one of the things you talked about earlier, which was, so now I'm asking you about systems, and then it also has to be combined with structure, because you talked about that just a minute ago, which is, hey, I was talking to my teammates and they're all in different time zones and stuff like that so now I'm working 24 hours so now if I can create one point of contact then that point of contact who maybe has a better time scale with the rest of the with the other people Mm -hmm. then I can communicate with them then they can communicate with others I like I like that because you said it earlier right but it's like okay you have to hire that person so Mm -hmm. then do you need to like like develop a job title or like, what do you have? You know what I'm saying? What do you, what, what do they need to do to like, so they can go ahead and get that person so they can have that person to talk to that person, you know?
2: Right. So the job title, you know, for me, that's always been kind of fluffy, but I mean, some people get off on that. so I don't <laughs> I don't, don't want to, what do you call that? Yuck their yum or whatever. Right, right, right. <laughs> the main thing you got to do is empower them to make decisions. Mm-hmm. So they know exactly what to do in certain situations. Uh, we still use Asana for that. So we have a list of, s, uh, you know, SOPs. If this happens, then we do this. If that happens, then we do this. And anything to, anytime something new comes up, then we go back. We After we solve the issue, we go back, we write up a new SOP. So now that when something happens and I'm asleep or I'm with the kids or I'm, you know, Across the world and you can't reach me Then y'all know exactly what to do You should only have to touch me in dire
1: Situations or situations
2: that we haven't Discussed yet
1: Ladies and gentlemen we introduced the SOP Okay the <laughs> standard operating Procedure Right. And you just you really giving it To him right here no,
0: no, listen, <laughs> That's what I said that's why I'm like we got to get on the show Because she is you know when it comes To delegation automation and, and, and All that like Yeah
1: So when I say we introduce the standard operating procedure, she she said the SOP. So the SOP for some who may not know is the standard operating procedure, which is a set of instructions that we use within our business to be able to communicate what happens in any given scenario. So that's why she's saying so if that's there, then we don't need to contact me. the the person who's the founder or the president or the initial person who they won't have to, if you actually have it listed out on, this is how we handle this thing. When this person comes in through payment, this is what happens from here, here, here. If you run into this scenario, we do this. If you run into that scenario, we do this. And she gave the tip on not only do you need to have the standard operating procedure. So everything that you do should be written down, but also go back in and update the stuff as issues come up. Cause like, Right. Issues will arise. Now, no, issues will happen. So
0: we'll now, arise. how do you know? Because once again, the average creative, let alone creativepreneur, even entrepreneurs, they're not going to know that they need an SOP. They don't even know what an SOP is for some people. Right. So how did you know that? OK, I need these SOPs in place. Um, so at what point in time, do you know that you need them? And then how did you know how to actually create one?
2: Because I'm tired. I was tired <laughs> and I was working the hell out. So I was like, um, you know, I'm a problem solver. And, and I've said this online before, and I think I've talked to you about this, Ron. As a business owner, your job every day is to wake up and solve problems. Right. You're the type of person who Runs away from problems and, and, you know, gets defeated every time they run into an issue, then you're going to really struggle as an entrepreneur because that is literally your job. Okay, so when you remove yourself from doing all the work, you remove yourself from working in the business and put yourself in a position to work on the business. And when you have all these teams, your job is to make their job easier so that they can output as much as possible. So when I ran into this problem, I said, wait a minute, I'm tired. I'm burnt out. I'm not able to hold up my end because I do have a job. You know, my job is sales and marketing, content creation, the creative stuff, the systems, making sure the automations and stuff are tested and working properly. So I do have a job. And if they are constantly just bombarding me with all these things, then I can't do my job. And if I can't do my job, they can't do their job, then the whole system falls, right? So I knew that I had to Document this stuff, write it down so that, and make it easily accessible for them so that we're not, you know, having what they call in science and chemistry, the rate limiting step. You know what I'm saying? What, what part of the process is going to be the rate limiting step? The one that's going to slow everything down, you know, before the
1: output can actually occur.
0: Wow. wow. Right.
1: Come, y'all better lean in on this science and yeah. math. You let right. me know in your business. <laughs> Right. What is the bottleneck? Is what we call it in the operations yeah, exactly. world. Around what is everything is flowing through the conduit, moving. and then all of a sudden something is slowing down. Where it's slowing down, we need to start writing some writing some SOPs about that because we don't want this to be a slowdown anymore. We want to open this back up so businesses can continue to flow. I love it. I want to say this: you guys are listening to um, someone who started the university writing nine one one a university. Yeah, so so we told you about that, but, and we're asking all these questions about, hey, what about this, or can you tell us about that, what system do you use here, but there is another business that you have that actually helps other writers, creative writers who want to start their own six-figure writing agency, right, can you want to, let's talk about that a little bit, because I think we should drop them a link so that those who are listening who are writers are like, this is sounding good now, I know how to ask
0: it's not just limited way. to writers, though. It's not just limited to writers. Like, oh, see? No.
1: no, no,
2: no. So this process, actually, I found just by trial and error on my own, applies to a bunch of different bi- service-based businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've started um, a mattress removal service, um, a local services. I work with a local roofer in the area, and we apply this to his business, and I make residual off of that. Um, I have uh, cars, a couple of SUVs that I'm renting out, um, this lovely thing behind me is actually a content house that i've decorated and, and purchased in the atlanta area we've applied it to some of the services and things in there as well so the the process is something that you can take out and you can literally use for service-based businesses um, but i do have um a guide that i wrote that talks specifically t- towards writers um, and it's called write six figure or, or sorry write sixfigs.com. Um, so you can check that out, and it'll give you literally a guide of everything that I did in my writing business to scale it from you know nothing to what it is today. Wow!
1: right dot Okay, I'm telling you, we'll drop a link for you in the description so that you uh, can know how to get here. Ron, you got something else? Because you know I'm gonna keep going. I'll, i you know, listen. I mean, no, I, I, it's,
0: it's, it's, she, she said so much. So I definitely, it's a lot of things that have been just kind of firing off um, in my head in regards to, um, you know, what it is she does and and how she approaches it and whatnot. Um, but one thing I want to just kind of lean in a little bit for our audience, right? So for you, you were like, okay, I'm doing all the writing. So I had to see, okay, because I'm spending my, the most of my time there and I need to free up my time so I can do other things, but for that creative to where, the writing piece or whether it's writing or whatever their creative piece is that they enjoy doing that. They, they want to keep doing that, but they know these other things are needed. Speak to them a little bit, right? Cause they don't look okay, Like, listen, I wanted to get the writing off my plate so that I can scale it. But for this person, like, I don't want to take the writing off, or I don't want to take this other creative aspect off. I want to keep doing that. So how do you, what, what, what would your advice be to them?
2: So let me tell you a secret. The writing never left my plate. Okay. It's it's still on there. Okay. It's just on there in different ways. Mm-hmm. So I'm writing ads, and I'm writing Facebook statuses, and mm-hmm. I'm writing TikTok videos and scripts. Okay. And now I'm studying AI prompt engineering, and I'm and I'm working with that. Um, so the creative piece really never disappears. It just right. moves to different you know places. Um, So I'm very much still writing. I I, I write so much in a day. I mean, I've got files and files of content uh, that I just sit there and I write. Now I've gotten to the place where I've had to systemize the the content creation, too. Um, That's something I definitely want to talk about, because when I transitioned from, you know, whole business owner, entrepreneur, you know, hear me roar, all that stuff. And then I started creating video (laughs) And for some reason, I thought that it was going to be different. You know, I was, you know, I was in a place where, you know, I could work minimal hours, be around for my family, you know, do all the things and then got into content creation. And it took me probably about three to four months to realize, wait a minute, girl, you already did this Mm. (laughs) to yourself once. Back, back, you know, calm down, regroup, and and do what you know you ought to be doing because that video content creation, you know, podcasting, TikToks, Reels, Facebook, all those things will wear you out. I mean, and I and I went through it, like physically went through. It. Um, so that's something that you have to be aware of as well.
1: Mm, okay, I like it. I like it. I love it. I love how. You said that basically you didn't quit writing, you started writing something else. And so for a creative, if they're not a writer, it may not be that you stopped cooking, you're just gonna start cooking in a different way, you know. Maybe you didn't stop producing, you start producing in a different way. When I say music production or something like that, maybe you didn't stop producing the show, you started producing from another vantage point. So it it just basically sounds like they have to embrace the reality It's not that they're going to stop doing it So it's like, oh, bring somebody in so you can stop doing this No, you're not going to stop doing anything you love You're just going to have to do it in a different capacity
2: Right, yes. so you got to you gotta Learn how to kind of open your eyes And see stuff where it is Like Martha Stewart, I mean she's When she had her cooking show She was still technically cooking But was she prepping all everything? Was she going to the grocery store? Was she, you know, having to mm. pull all her ingredients, was you know, all that stuff was prepared for her, but she was still cooking, right? Right. Uh, yeah. So this is it's the same thing, you know, you're still gonna be creative. And at this point, she's probably just looking over things and improving. <laughs> she's using the knowledge that she learned from all that creativity from years and years of practicing that in a different capacity, but it's still creativity.
0: Wow. wow.
1: You- <laughs> <laughs> Martha Stewart is a creative entrepreneur. Okay. Yeah. No, I get yeah. too excited about this stuff. Yeah. But no, yeah. that is so true. There were aspects of that. I like going to the store. I like cooking the food. I like doing. Okay. You like all, You really like cooking, but you don't have to go to the store or you like, you, right. you, you know, there's some part of it that someone else can do without you having fear that the ball is going to be dropped. I want you to speak to that real quick. Because I see that outsourcing is very important to you to develop, whether it's a writing agency or any agency model, you have to begin to embrace outsourcing. Number one, realizing that you're not going to have to let go of the thing you like to do. You're going to get to still do it. But what about people who struggle with, like, the whole idea of, man, the ball is going to get dropped or I'm going to lose, like, control Quality. of where this thing is going? Okay. What would you say to that?
2: So one thing you had to get comfortable with when you stop doing all the work yourself is now you take off that doing hat and you move into a trainer position. And I think that's what most people drop the ball at, is that they believe that people should come perfect. People should come to, you know, into your space, knowing all the things, knowing your systems and processes, knowing how you like things done. And that's just not the case. So you have to learn how to communicate, train people, develop people. You really start to pour your knowledge into other people. Okay, okay. That's the first thing. And then the second part, is how arrogant do you have to be to believe that you are the only one that can do a job the way that you do it or as good as you do it? That, that is one of the most arrogant things. the most, And one of the biggest limiting beliefs that I've seen literally crack people down. I've seen people not allow people to help them or do things for them because in their mind, oh, nobody's going to be able to do it like me. I don't care if you do it like me or not. Is the result going to be <laughs> the, the same or better? If so, move forward. That's, that sounds good to me.
1: Right. <sighs> yeah, so <no. laughs> go ahead, Ron. Go ahead.
0: No, no. Go ahead. Go ahead.
1: I was going to say um, that that part was very important when we talk about delegating and outsourcing to realize that when I outsource I am not just outsourcing a task because then I'm going to create somebody who can just hopefully follow my way. But when I I, when I delegate the like the full like responsibility, you're like you you delegate the authority and there you give them the authority to be empowered means that you kind of have to not train them to do it your way. You have to train them to be empowered, which is another word that you said like you are going to have to, yes, they're going to be able to do it, but you have to do some form of training as well, because it's one thing to give people to make other task makers, and it's other people, you're making other people leaders, and they can lead that thing without you having to lead it, you know, the entire time, because they have the authority to lead it, why do they have the authority to lead it, they already have to know how, how, which is why you hired them, and then you train them, not to make them a follower and do it your way, Mm-hmm. But you train them to be empowered to execute in their authority, and they can lead that thing. You don't need to, that's arrogant to think that you're the only leader. There's so many leaders out here,
2: right? And I think that's where a lot of organizations crumble, they fall because they're not training people to work with them they're training people to work for them mm-hmm. they want to set up this you know hierarchy of you know i'm i'm the boss i'm going to tell you what to do and at the end of the day it doesn't really leave any space for people to develop those leadership skills i want decision makers i want people who can logically think about oh, well if this happens then we got to do this or what do you think about this you know that that's when you're become I I think a true entrepreneur, when you have people that can come to you with ideas, not just, okay, what are we going to, what are we going to do? You know what I'm saying? They're coming to you. It goes from, Hey, Lorraine, we've got this problem. What, what next to, Hey, Lorraine, we've got this problem. I think we should blah, 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 blah. What do you think? Right. And and, and I encourage that because when they first come to me with problems, well, what do you think that we should do? Right. What what in your experience, have you have you seen this before? Have you ran across this before? What would you do if you were in this position so that now we're having a collaborative effort and not just, you know, feeling like somebody's telling what to do all the time?
0: Yeah. 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 But listen, listen. <sighs> I want us to keep going. But, you know, it is we we are at the, the point of the show where we're going to wrap it up. Right. But this has been um, a phenomenal interview. You've given so many uh, gems and jewels and i'm hoping that you guys are listening to what was shared if you if you need to go back go back and listen make sure you take a notes because she was definitely dropping some some gems and jewels on how 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 you can effectively run and grow and sustain and all these things in your creative business so yes no thank you for your time we're gonna have to have you come back because I, I do want you to talk about that that content piece, right? I think that's media piece.
1: Drop one gym. Just give me one something from you. you. Say you want to talk. Give me one something. Just a nugget. Just a teaser um, for the cartoon. If you're worried
2: about going viral, you better be ready. That's all I got to say. If you're not mm-hmm. ready to go viral, you better chill out and sit down somewhere because going viral can just tear your whole thing down if you're not ready. Mm-hmm. So, so that that would be the one thing that I drop for now, but I would love to come back and talk about you know viral marketing and how you can monetize that, um, and and really you know blow your business up.
1: Wow! Ooh, I, I I need to hear about it myself. Girl. <laughs> I gotta hear about this. One other thing I like to give a hardcore data when we have someone come on here on this show is because they have achieved six, seven, and even eight figure type of success. And they know what they're talking about because they've done it. And we're trying to follow and implement in their, their, their steps. Those of us who are emerging creative entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. talked a lot about outsource, outsourcing, hardcore data, about how many people would you say that you have uh, hired to be able to outsource tasks to just a number? Mm, let's see. And this is correct because you
2: asked me earlier like how many businesses you have i'm like oh i don't know I <laughs> um so i have um three assistants uh, one writing manager i have five um writers who work specifically on larger projects and i have um about 15 writers that i have working um on the smaller projects so that sounds like what about t- 20 for that um mm-hmm. content creation side I have uh, a video editor, and I believe that's it. Most of my stuff on content creation right now is mostly um, automations.
1: There's a lot of different tools that
2: you can use for that. Wow.
1: Wow, y'all! This is about thirty people that we just, you know. So this is not something that she's just saying in theory. This is a reality, and things are getting done. So don't worry about it. It can get done with or without your hand being all the way on it. Mm -hmm. Speaking of being hands-on and writing, y'all, clap it up for Miss Lorraine. (laughs) Oh my gosh, you gave it to us. Uh, While I'm saying thank you. Uh well, I'm saying clap it up for you. I'm saying thank you for being on. But Ron, I want you to thank anybody else that needs to be thanked as well.
0: Um, once again, I, I thank the listeners. I think each and every listener that is listening to our, our, our podcast that are that are following us. Please like, subscribe, follow, share if you are gaining any value from this podcast. But listen, I will be remiss not to thank you all. Because once again, you all are the reason why we are here. So thank you. Sure.
1: Thank you. Thank you. And also, please, please head over to the website, uh, mmcbpodcast.com, and there you'll be able to join our Creatives Corner community, which is both a group as well as a newsletter to kind of keep you going in between podcast episodes. So we want to stay in touch with you as well. And wherever you are listening to this podcast, drop us a review. We want to hear from you as well. So thank you so much for tuning in. Before we get out, i like to do something with all of the listeners. I want you to repeat this mantra with me so that we can actually be further empowered in our creative entrepreneur journey. Y'all ready? Let's get it. Let's go. (laughs) Say this out loud. All it takes.
0: All it takes.
1: Is intention.
0: Is intention.
1: Consistency.
0: Consistency
1: and laser-focused to mind my creative business.
0: And laser-focused to mind my creative business. Okay. (laughs) All right. And on that note, we will see you all later. Peace.